Welcome to Big Biology. I'm Art Woods. And I'm Marty Martin. On this podcast, we tell stories about the big unanswered questions in biology. We thought we'd start off by asking something that might seem obvious at first. Why do we drink alcohol? It can make us sick. It can kill us if we drink enough of it. But in moderation, it makes us feel good, and it can be good for our health. So why do we evolve to like alcohol, and what does our evolutionary history say about us now? We decided to pose that question to some folks at Imagination, a brewery in Missoula, Montana. I think about the, the you know, the, the, the caveman with this fruit thing on this rock, you know, cave that is kind of doing its weird thing in the sun. It's a social thing. It's a little bit of quieting down. I mean, getting buzzed is good. So why do you think humans drink alcohol at all? Why is it something we drink? I think an interesting question. I have no idea. I think, I think that's People had a few different theories. It makes social interaction easier. It cleans dirty water. But the answers we got from people at the bar were totally different than the answers we got from a scientist. So I am a primate, and I do drink from time <laughs> to time. But that's not what really motivated my interest in this topic. That's Robert Dudley. He's a biologist at UC Berkeley. Normally, he studies how animals fly, but he also wrote a book called The Drunken Monkey, which is about the origins of alcohol consumption by humans. I have been spending a lot of time in Panama over the last three decades now, and I see a lot of animals, and I see a lot of monkeys, and I also see a lot of fruit. There's an obvious answer to this question. We drink alcohol because we like it. But Dudley wanted to know why we evolved to like it in the first place. While he was in the tropics, he saw this connection between alcohol, fruit, and primates— he knew that yeast ferment the sugars in fruit to produce alcohol, and he thought maybe the smell of alcohol could tell animals where to find food. And the argument is that we've inherited an, an ancestral bias that associates ethanol consumption with nutritional reward. He thinks the smell of fermenting sugars can tell animals where to find sugary, nutritious fruit, and it might also help them pick out which fruits have the most sugar. Jungles look great, and they're beautifully green, but there's actually not that much ripe fruit at any given time within a 10-kilometer radius. You have to be able to find it, and it's visually obstructed. So, you know, olfaction is a very powerful cue over long distances. In the Panamanian jungle, the pulp in an average piece of palm fruit contains very little alcohol. But sometimes you get pieces that are overripe and contain, say, 8% alcohol. And you didn't need a spectroradiometer to realize that, wow, there is just a <laughs> lot of ethanol being produced. And it's really tasty stuff, you know. It's like this is really nice, rich palm fruit uh, pulp. So, so you try it yourself? Think, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mix it in yeah, a cocktail. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. Big Biology will continue when we come back. The typical levels of alcohol in fruit, about half a percent, don't sound like much. But you have to remember, most monkeys are a lot smaller than us, and they can eat a lot, up to 10% of their body weight in fruit in a single day. Also, fermenting fruit isn't the only way that primates get alcohol. There are a number of primates that feed on large flowers in the tropics, and they drink their nectar. And guess what? That nectar is fermenting. So there's low-level alcohol in these, in these flowers, and the animals are often nocturnal. They go there at night, and they slap it up all night long. Interestingly enough, they never show overt signs of inebriation, even though the load that, of alcohol that they were likely to be ingesting is, would be comparable to a very high level. But there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Most of the stories about drunken animals are just that, stories. No one has really proven that animals search for alcohol or figure it out how they find it. What are the animals actually queuing in on, and then how are they picking fruits? It's very hard to assess the um, sensory modalities that a particular chimpanzee in a tree is using to determine which fruit it's going to eat. 
The world has changed quite a bit since yeast first started producing alcohol. Most of us don't have to forage in the forest anymore. Instead, we forage in the supermarket. We can buy beer with, say, 6% alcohol, or go for wine at 15%, or liquor with more than 40 or 50%. Dudley thinks the availability of lots of concentrated alcohol has made alcoholism a disease of excess, much like obesity or diabetes. When our ancestors lived in the jungle, they evolved to interpret alcohol as a signal of the nutrition available in sugary fruit. As a result, alcohol came to activate the pleasure and reward circuits in our brains, which in turn made us crave more fermented fruit. And humans that ate lots of sugary fruit tended to survive. These days, booze can still activate those same reward circuits, but we've decoupled the alcohol from the nutrition. There are definitely some benefits. It's part of our biology. But, you know, there's uh, 50% of highway fatalities, for example, are associated with alcohol. So uh, it's clearly something we can't control very effectively. So how do you regulate those two factors? That's not biology now. That's social and public policy. There's plenty of evidence that says drinking moderate amounts of alcohol actually has some health benefits. But drinking too much can put you in the emergency room. According to the Centers for Disease Control, between 2006 and 2010, Alcohol was responsible for 10% of the deaths of working-age adults. The drunken monkey hypothesis suggests that we inherited our attraction to alcohol from fruit-eating monkeys, but most alcohol treatment programs don't take that evolutionary perspective into account. Dudley thinks we can learn a lot about our modern reactions to alcohol by trying to understand our history with alcohol. And for Dudley, the story starts when that first monkey picked up that first piece of ripe fruit. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear our full interview with Robert Dudley, you can listen to that on our website, bigbio.com. Special thanks to Matt Blois for editing and production help. Thanks also to Gerard Sepes, Roman Boisseau, Devin O'Brien, Steve Lane, Victoria Doloff, Haley Hansen, Holly Kilvitis, Travis Flock, Meredith Kernbach, Chloe Ramsey, Jeff Olberding, Lars Schoenle, Cynthia Downs, and Suzanne Miller.